Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends, as this video is brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Look Back Podcast. I am Sam Holtz. Tonight, I am joined by Eric Romoff. Eric, what did I say before I started the show that I normally mess up the intro video? Because I literally messed up the intro video. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled the fantasy debate lo- like intro and I was like, wait, nope, definitely clicked the wrong one. I just said I was going to do it and I, I did it without fail. And here we go. And, and now now you've got me trying to fill in uh, Tate's shoes, which are big shoes to fill. So I know. And yeah, you're not even supposed to be filling on. in. You're not even supposed to be <laughs> filling in Tate's shoes because this isn't the fantasy debate. Normally it's me and Maddie. So you're supposed to be filling in for Maddie Kroll, one of our newest members over at Dr. Roto. And she's freaking fantastic. But yeah, so you have to fill her shoes tonight, which means you have to bring me all kinds of extra analysis of defensive and offensive lines and all of the mismatches from the weekend. Are you ready to be her right now? Let's go in the trenches. If we can get (laughs) about 50% of replacement level out of me, I think it's a good night. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, let's talk really quick about the game that we just had, because I think when I first turned on the game, first of all, I missed the first quarter and I didn't feel like I ended up missing much because it just didn't seem like the Ravens showed up for the game tonight. And then all of a sudden, second half, fourth quarter, really, Ravens turned it around and they just got the win. Like, where did that come from? What kind of pep talk was that? Yeah, it must have been a uh, a, a real win one for the Gipper at the at the halftime, right? If the, the first quarter, really all you missed was the Colts trying to take advantage of an over-aggressive Ravens defense with the short pass and the screen game. Uh, we saw Jonathan Taylor break one for 70 plus yards on yep. uh, on his his first reception of of the game. So uh, that was really the story of most of the first half. There was some weirdness with uh, Rodrigo Blankenship and whether or not he was injured or whether or not he was available, or whether or not um, he just really lost the, his helmet the on the sideline for a moment. You're like, I think he just doesn't have his helmet, and that's why he's not on the field. Yeah. Nobody knew for a second. The announcers were just commentating on their like. I think I, we don't know. Nobody knows. Like, <laughs> we can it just all speculate got, together. This will be it, great. It just was openly awkward <laughs> with the commentary of like, we don't know what's yeah. going on. Who there is a punter person. attempting a field goal. <laughs> and then the Ravens ended up messing up that play. And then they got to try it again anyways, which was hilarious. So that was definitely one for the books. Definitely less boring than I thought that game was going to be, at least not how it started. Yeah, I thought we were in for kind of a snooze fest, especially looking at the first half. And then uh, for whatever reason in the second half, the Colts decided to stop defending the Ravens two best receiving options. So Hollywood yeah. Brown finishes over a hundred yards with, uh, with two touchdowns. Mark Andrews finishes nearly 150 yards with two touchdowns. Uh, all yeah, of this production coming in the second half. I was playing against someone with Mark Andrews and I had the lead by maybe like, a decimal point and I was like you know if Mark Andrews drops a pass we're good no 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 we're just gonna stamp this as a loss for you Sam and we're just gonna give those like last five minutes just touchdowns for Mark Andrews just let's let's get it done that was very yeah all of uh all of my Monday night sweats were against Jonathan Taylor so I knew my night was done about two minutes into the game (laughs) so so brutal but this is the look back podcast so let's go ahead and rewind the clock and let's start with the very first game Guys, if you're turning in, thank you so much. We're going to pretty much pick a player per game as we go back through the week that was 
week five. And then if you have questions, please throw them in the comments. We're happy to go through them as we get through these live. And then we'll, Eric and I will tell you our latest articles that are be coming out this week for more amazing content from Dr. Roto. So let's first start off with the Seahawks Rams game. And I think the main talk from that was, is Robert Woods officially back? Can we finally put him back into our lineups with some sort of confidence, some semblance of hope? Yeah, from from my point of view, he he never should have left our lineups. Um, well, obviously, he wasn't performing was to the level that we all hoped for no. when we drafted him where we did. But mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it seemed like the the offense was going to break back in his favor before long. Um, to put it in the famous words of Scott Fish, the squeaky mouse gets the cheese. Um, and they went to they went to Bobby Trees early and often. Uh, he saw 14 targets. He hauled in 12 of them for 150 yards. Um, Cooper Cup still had a fine day. He received 10 targets, uh, hauling in seven of them for 92 yards. But very much so, Robert Woods was the point of emphasis for this offense coming into the Thursday night game. Absolutely. And you have to think... There must have been a lot of deep conversations last week of we need to get Robert Woods utilized. Otherwise, I mean, he's such, he's such a good receiver. If I, if I were him, and I'd be leading a far different life if I was him. But if I was, I would immediately go to my agent and be like, they're not even playing me. Get me a trade. Like, And there's plenty, plenty of teams that would pay handsomely to get him onto their team. So hopefully we've got a happy Bobby Trees going forward. Happy, you know fantasy owners going forward for myself. I have a lot of shares of Robert Woods. I definitely feel like I've slept better this weekend knowing just how many targets he had. Yeah, it was, it was great to see it. I've, I've got a lot of Robert Woods out there myself. So very happy with his week five performance. Um, I, I don't think that it sustains quite to this level. I think he's more in that kind of mid mid tier wide receiver two range um, sure. here, here on out. But even that is a market though. improvement from from how how he was performing in the first four weeks. He has some friendly matchups coming up though. Giants and then the Lions. You love those matchups. Houston did put up quite a fight this past week, but you know I feel like there's definitely quarters that they decide to sleep more than others. So I feel like the next three weeks are definitely weeks that I love Robert Woods going into those matchups. Uh, but let's go on to more games from Sunday. We'll go to the early, early one. I don't know if you got up early enough to catch the London game. I certainly did not. I was a little hungover that morning. So I basically just caught the second half. But it feels like Kyle Pitts can finally be a thing. All those the people that drafted him in the first round, are they finally saying, hurrah, Kyle Pitts is here? Yeah, this, this, was, this was vindication for all of the Kyle Pitts truthers out there. Uh, nine for 119 with a touchdown. Um, and he, he looked absolutely phenomenal, right? Um, yeah, I, I do think really that we good. need to to take this game with a bit of a grain of salt, right? Uh, Calvin Ridley was out. Russell Gage was out. It, it was it the was Jets the, defense, right? Jets, yeah. So, so, um, so it's you know, a pretty, ultimately, pretty big grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think this is probably closer to his ceiling than his floor, but I, I do mm -hmm. think that this was the, the coming out party for Kyle Pitts and we will see that Atlanta offense continue to find ways to get him involved. So um, better days ahead relative to the first four games of the season, at least. I completely agree. Maybe this is the ceiling for him. Uh, again, he has a buy in week six. So those that got super excited, calm down. You have to bench him <laughs> this week. Um, but going forward, there's definitely going to be some matchups that you feel like you can slot him in and have a better floor than what you'd been anticipating as what we'd seen so far this season. 
So let's move on to Packers Bengals. And in this one, I feel like how I don't know how you had the Bengals receivers ranked prior to the start of the season. We all knew that Jamar Chase was going to likely be a favorite, but oh boy, is he the favorite? Like he's easily the wide receiver one now. And now the question is, do Higgins and Boyd even have a chance to match his targets? No, the answer is no. No. Um, and not. I say this on on good authority because to your prior question, I was a T. Higgins believer uh, throughout the course of the summer. So um, I was I was reveling in the reporting about Jamar Chase not being able to get separation and looking confused out there. Um, and then the the bright lights of Sunday came on, and they remembered that each of them, he and Joe Burrow, knew exactly what the other one wanted to do. Um, and this this chemistry is is just insane. So Chase is is certainly uh, the most desirable of uh, of those receiving triplets there in in Cincinnati. And as far as how you would rank Higgins and Boyd now, is it still Higgins and then Boyd for you? Yeah, I, th I think that's the the correct way to look at it. You know, Higgins still walked away with uh, I believe seven targets on the day, all in mm -hmm. five of them for thirty two. So. Um, you know, not a, not a terrible day out there. Um, you know, I, I do think that he'll have his days where he pops. Um, Boyd is very clearly the, the tertiary of the three options. Yeah. Um, I, I think from, from the DFS point of view, I'm probably going to have a lot of weeks where I go with a burrow chase stack and then whichever of the other two is the least expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I, I, I would imagine their price is probably going to interchange throughout the, the weeks to come. I mean, I even think that in that situation, a DFS stash, it wouldn't be crazy to slot in CJ Uzoma at tight end for a cheap tight end option because he is getting several targets per game. So just have knowing that you have the floor that is Joe Burrow and that he's going to throw it as much as he's going to, there might be some matchups that favor the tight end position. So you might slot him in there too. Yeah, absolutely. We we saw him explode on that Thursday night game, uh, a little bit quieter performance this week, but certainly has a role to play in that offense. Definitely. All right, let's move on to Detroit and Minnesota. DeAndre Swift kind of in the middle of a interesting type of roller coaster where he likes to be super on one week and then completely off the next and immediately flip back and forth. When you look at his stats, it's absolutely ridiculous how up and down evenly it is i mean in my one ppr league that i have him in he had 24 points in the first week 11 23 8 22 like what are we doing with with swift can we get a little bit more consistent just a little bit i would hope so um but i i also don't have a whole lot of faith in nfl head coaches to do the logical thing right anyone can watch deandre swift's game from last week or really any of the weeks and see just how dynamic he is with the ball in his hands. He's running through people. He's finding little creases to just dart through. I mean, literally everything you're looking for in a, a bell cow running back, he brings to the table, but he still sees between 50 and 60% of touches on a given week. So I know everybody out there is, uh, is wanting to bust out the Kleenex for, for Dan Campbell uh, in his, uh, his tear soaked press conference, but Honestly, you can you can miss me with all that until you start feeding DeAndre Swift. <laughs> well, I wonder if we're gonna actually if it is gonna actually even out and we're gonna see more Swift just because the way that teams are covering TJ Hawkinson 
completely like blankets over blankets you're not even seeing him in these weeks I wonder if that's just going to force the uptick in at least the passing game usage of Swift yeah Hawkinson's uh is has been a bit of a disappointment I think it's more to do with the circumstance of the team right we were largely expecting Detroit to be down a lot by a lot very often uh, like we saw in week one where where Hawkinson went nuts and since then they've kind of been able to hang in so they're not playing catch up and and utilizing him in, in garbage time the way that we would like to see and his his fantasy performances suffered because of it. Yeah, it's it's definitely been brutal as someone that has been high on Hawkinson in the offseason and hoping that he would end up, you know, top tight top three tight end for the season. First two weeks you could see it after week five, it's starting to fade. Like that confidence is starting to dwindle. I mean I'm not totally gone yet because, you know, there's always faith. It's only week five. We still have time. Not all hope is lost. Maybe there will be some hope, but still, it's looking pretty bleak. Yeah, the, the funny thing is that the hope is that they actually start playing worse so we can get more looks as they're trying to play catch up, right? Absolutely. <laughs> all right, on to the Broncos versus the Steelers. I was very happy. I'm sure everyone could hear my cheers all around the country with the fact that the Steelers finally had a win. We desperately needed that win. It was a good win. I was very happy with my boys and how they performed. I was super upset. And I could you hear me crying? Juju got hurt. He had it, suffered a dislocated shoulder. He had surgery. He's going to be out at least four months. I was devastated. My boy. Yeah, I mean, no good deed goes unpunished, right? Your, your Steelers overall looked maybe as good as they have all season. Um, and to have it capped off with... Uh, Juju likely being lost for the year. It's it's obviously a, a bit of a gut punch. Um, I mean, on on the upside, Najee Harris is here, right? Um, you and I, thing. you and I were here together on this stream when he was drafted by your Steelers, yeah. and now he is doing everything that you could have hoped for and more. Right, twenty three carries, one hundred twenty two yards, and a touchdown. Caught two balls. I mean, he's he's literally getting like ninety percent utilization out of that backfield. Uh, surprisingly, the O-line looked a little bit better than at least we've seen them play thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe some more uh, some more lanes for him to to navigate through uh, yeah. in, in the in the weeks to come. Absolutely. I hope that they're just going to get more synced up as the weeks, weeks go on. What you're going to be able to hang your hat on every week is that you can start Najee Harris and know that he has a very high floor of usage week in and week out in terms of who's going to be taking in the targets that are vacated by Juju. That is definitely going to be Chase Claypool. Maybe, maybe, and this is probably more of like one of those deep leagues a la Scott Fish, if he's even still available, because I feel like every player I even think of to go pick up is already gone when I'm playing in Scott Fish. I, I, I don't know. I'm just too late to the game every time. But anyways, Ray Ray McLeod would be a wide receiver that had a couple targets this game. They like how he looks. Maybe he's someone you stash because the Steelers do like to play three wide receiver sets. So maybe. It's a maybe. If you're really desperate, just a name to slot away for later. If uh, if you wanna if you wanna reek of more desperation, I believe that they worked out and maybe even signed to the practice squad Anthony Miller today. <laughs> so he continues his roadshow of all 32 teams practice squads. So if he gets you know, a shot, maybe maybe he'll take the field uh, in in one of these Sundays in in the months ahead. 
Oh my goodness. I, I certainly hope it doesn't come to that, but we can move on to the next game. Let's talk dolphins versus the bucks. Miles Gaskin had an absolute monster game. And I kind of was surprised because I didn't feel like against the bucks defense, he was going to be as successful as he was. I know that they can be beaten in the passing game, but I felt like their front was much stronger than what was shown in terms of what Gaskin was able to do with them this week. Yeah. Miles Gaskin put up, 30 plus points on a lot of benches this week. Yeah. Um, this Tampa Bay front is still uh, by leaps and bounds, uh, the best uh, against the run in the league, right? Every single week you go back, you look at their box scores and the teams that they are facing are attempting less than 10 rushing attempts week in and week out. And yet again, here we are with the dolphins, seven rushing attempts against this Tampa Bay front. So while that, uh, while that defensive line is stout, the way that you beat Tampa Bay is over the middle. It's in the short and intermediate passing game, which should have set up for a nice game for Mike Kosecki. But instead, all of those passes went to Miles Gaskin. Uh, yeah. He called in 10 balls for 74 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so very much so was that underneath option and was really the only source of offense for this Dolphins team. I mean, going forward against Jacksonville next week, I'm guessing if you had Gaskin on your bench – He's a must start as a flex, right? I would imagine. I mean, I, I would certainly hope that once they see him perform this way, especially as a receiver, that that role is going to continue to expand week over week. I don't think mm -hmm. he's going to get 10 receptions week over week by any means, but I do think that this – Against Jacksonville, uh, this he could. <laughs> I mean, they, they might not need to throw to him though, right? Um, but on, on the rushing side, Jacksonville is is a very favorable matchup as well. So I'm, I'm certainly firing him up in, in week six here. Um, and I, I do think that there, there are better days to come, um, you know, relative to how he started the, the first quarter of the season. Yeah, I definitely think so as well. Now let's go on to the Saints versus the Washington football team. It appears that as soon as Taysom Hill exited the game, sucks that he got hurt. I don't know where he's listed at currently. I believe he he just had a concussion, right? Or was that his knee? No, he had a he had a pretty scary looking concussion. So he's yeah. uh, he's he's in the protocol. Um, I mean, with concussions. It can be less than a week. It can be months Multiple and months. Weeks. So yeah, hard, hard to really tell what, what the outlook for, for Taysom Hill is. Which is brutal, and we definitely hope that he gets better soon. But while he's out, definitely seems like Alvin Kamara is Alvin Kamara again and not getting his goal line work stolen. Yeah, uh, the the theme of the week, right? Prayers, prayers up for Taysom Hill, but if he's going to be out, let's go Alvin Kamara, right? Uh, 16 so for brutal. 71 and a touchdown. Uh, yeah. Five receptions for 51 and another touchdown. So he scored almost 30 points um, and very much so looked like the elite running back that everyone drafted him to be. Um, so while it always uh, is, you know, it, it, it's always painful to watch someone get hurt. You always hope for the best. It does seem like uh, him removed from the offense, or at least the concept of him removed from the offense allows things to be a bit more centralized in terms of uh, where the production is going to land. Absolutely. And I mean, they are on a bye this coming week, so maybe they have him back for week seven and we're all speaking too soon and too excited for possible more usage of Kamara. But at the same time, I feel like it'd be remiss to see a game like that and just to see his success and then think, let's go back to all trick plays and get Taysom Hill back in there. Come on. Like Kamara yeah. does so much for you. Like maybe if he's having a week where, you know, he's got a couple extra bruises that week, he doesn't really need to be utilized that much. You want to rest him a little bit. Sure. But in the meantime, 
let's let's fire him in there. Crying out loud. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the Eagles versus the Panthers. The first half looked I, abysmal is kind of too gentle of a word for how Jalen Hurts looked in that game for me. But then by the end of it, he completely righted the ship. And by the end of it, looking at fantasy-wise, Sam Darnold was just brutal this week in terms of fantasy output. Yeah, I mean, Sam Sam Darnold had uh, had a really rough day, right? He I think he threw three interceptions against a really porous uh, Philadelphia defense. So yep. um, ultimately, his his worst performing uh, day on on the young season. Um, and I, I think that there's probably more days like this ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, I you think there's gonna be more days where he's going to continue to struggle, or do you think it's going to get better? No, I I think the the struggles are are going to continue. He's he's certainly taken advantage of soft defensive matchups in in the weeks past. But mm-hmm. if you look at it, uh, at least prior to this week, uh, all of all of the stats that were being floated out there, he was the league leader in rushing touchdowns at least at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw this week he didn't get any. He's coming off mm-hmm. of back to back weeks in the two prior where. He scored two. So I, I do think that that is going to continue to regress back to the mean. And we're going to see that rushing touchdown productivity continue to evaporate. So that that really has him closer to like quarterback 23, 24 or so. Um, yeah. If you remove those uh, those rushing TDs from his early week performances. No, I definitely see that there with you. But and in terms of J- Jalen Hurts, obviously it's such a brutal first half, but I feel like it's going to end up evening out for him going forward. Maybe he doesn't rush it in for a touchdown this week coming up against the Bucks, but I do think he does better. In terms of how he can use Devonta Smith in week six, I like that matchup for him a lot. Yeah, I think this is kind of the quintessential Jalen Hurts game, right? Doesn't look yeah. particularly good through most of the game. Not all that effective throwing the ball. Makes one read to Devonta Smith and then just gives up on the play, either uh, you know throws throws it out of bounds or, or tries to pick up what he can with his feet. But you get to the end of the game, and all of a sudden he's got uh, you know close to ten rushes, fifty or so yards, and, and maybe a rushing touchdown or two. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be the uh, the hamster wheel that we're in with Jalen Hurts for the long haul. <laughs> Might as well buckle up; it's going to be one of those bumpy rides. <laughs> but let's talk about the Titans versus the Jags. It's obviously the Jags are a mess. They're just a mess. And that we can probably, by the end of the season, just continue to call them a mess. And as they try and figure out whatever they're doing, coaching wise and down, we're left to figure out what to do with these wide receivers that, for myself, I figured with someone like Trevor Lawrence, every single wide receiver is going to get peppered with targets. And I'll be able to guess, oh, I should have a good floor from Chenault this week. Maybe I can slot him in DFS. But unfortunately, I think we all got a middle finger this weekend in the fact that Tavon Austin and Jamal Agnew, and I had to write these out because I was like, what? Tavon Austin's still in the league? Like, they both outscored Marvin Jones and and LaVisca Chenault. This is ridiculous. Like, what? This isn't fair. It is absolute madness. Um, Everybody out there who is watching or listening, raise your hand if Marvin Jones or LaVisca Chenault busted your DFS lineup. Because you are in good company, um, the two of them combined for two receptions for 80 yards um, in a game that literally had everything break in their favor and broke the way that we all forecasted. Right? 
we all yeah. knew that Derrick Henry was going to score a million touchdowns and maybe put up a thousand yards on the ground. He basically yeah. got there. Uh, yeah. We knew that they were going to be throwing to to catch up, and of course, they went to those throws. I should say went to guys that nobody knew was in the league anymore. So just the most Urban Meyer of Urban Meyer performances out there. Um, even when they were trying to come back uh, late in the fourth quarter, they all of a sudden decided to give Carlos Hyde a carry uh, on fourth and one, and he promptly lost three yards. So it's just a calamity of errors there in Jacksonville. Um, and I I will not feel safe uh, following that game, rostering or firing up any of these players in any sort of meaningful situation going forward. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be really tough to be excited about starting any of them unless I'm in a league where I'm starting four wide receivers and I've got a couple extra flex players and someone's hurt. Then I'll just throw some one of these guys in there just because they're not hurt right now. Literally, if you don't have a question mark next to your name, you're getting a start if you're on one of my teams because there's so many questionable players out there. It's just very disappointing to see these passes shake out this way. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Not at all. On on a positive <laughs> note, like sh- shout out J Rob. He he looks like twenty twenty version of himself. He He's still getting almost all of the work there. One hundred and forty nine yards and a touchdown. So um, very much so has that has that volume floor that that we're all looking for. Um, but a- apart from that, you're you're certainly better off looking elsewhere. Absolutely. And if you picked him up and redraft this year, you're really happy about where you got him as well, because his just ADP tanked as we were getting closer to the season until the injury. And then if you had drafted before, you were like, hey, I'm glad that I have now a top running back for such a cheap price. Like, thank goodness. Yeah, we we might be looking at the rare back-to-back fantasy MVP seasons, right? Because he was free last year. All of the ETN hype had him basically free this year. Yeah. Um, so, so those that are rostering them, I mean, they've they've got a significant edge on the field, to say the Absolutely. least. Absolutely, so, super, ugh, just so lucky. I just get so upset because I don't have him in a lot of my leagues, and it makes me sad. But let's move forward and talk Patriots Texans, which ended up being a closer game than I think any of us thought would be. And Davis Mills looked good. Like what? That was weird. <laughs> I mean, the Texans are always going to be in a situation where they're always going to be having to air out the ball. They're going to be having to play catch up. So maybe going forward in two quarterback situations, if you have someone that's hurt, like Daniel Jones is going to be in the concussion protocol. Maybe Davis Mills is someone you're picking up on the waiver wire this week just to slot in a quarterback going forward. Yeah, I mean, shout out Davis Mills and his long ass (laughs) neck. 21 for 29, 300 plus, 300 plus yards, Wait, three touchdowns. Is his neck longer than Mike Glennon's? The the world may never know. Actually, nobody has seen the two of them in the same room, so might be one of those like Freaky Friday kind of situations. I might have to do a side-by-side picture later and post it and then right. vote. Does that mean? No, probably not. Eh, I mean, it is what it is. It's crazy. He knows but he's got a long neck. It's all good. Yeah, aside from him, though, um, as someone that was wondering how the two tight end sets would pan out for New England, coming out day for Hunter Henry, he had an amazing showing this week with six receptions of his eight targets, 75 yards and a touchdown. I mean, if you were lucky enough to start him, probably in a league like Scott Fish, you probably started Hunter Henry and you were very happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. This this was definitely the game where where it popped, but 
his utilization in his offense has been walking up week over week. He's coming mm-hmm. off of back-to-back games with a touchdown, said five targets or more in three straight. So very much so it seems like the offense is starting to shift in his favor. Um, and he's all of a sudden uh, tight end eight, right? So at a position where there's the the upper crust and then sort of everybody else, uh, he definitely seems to be uh, uh, carrying that sort of upward trajectory uh, over these last few weeks. Absolutely. Now let's move on to Vegas versus the Bears. And we don't need to talk about the entire situation with Vegas as all of that news unfurled during or just before the Ravens game. It was kind of hard to figure out when all of my ESPN notifications started going off. Um, But we do know that John Gruden is no longer the head coach there for the Raiders. But let's talk about the Bears and how it felt like the defense kind of bailed out Justin Fields this week. And I feel like it's going to keep getting better for Justin Fields, but he had a scary moment where it looked like Andy Dalton was going to have to take over and then he got back on the field. I don't know. How many shares of Justin Fields do you have and what confidence do you have in putting him in a lineup going forward? I have a ton of Justin Fields and my confidence level in firing him up is minimal. (laughs) Um, I, I, I certainly thought that when he got his opportunity that he was going to uh, to do more with it. Um, seeing him now having started two games, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, how Matt Nagy is uh, is scheming this offense, uh, I'll say, around his his skill set, but sort of in spite of it. Um, the, the biggest thing for me with Fields, 12 completions. Last week he had 11 completions, right? Like It's on the just, up. <laughs> yeah. The I mean, he's... He's he's increased his completions by by nearly nine percent week over week. So maybe maybe I should just park my take. Um, yeah, I mean that, that that's that sort of volume just isn't going to get it done. Um, you know, I, I I do think you know week over week now that he is firmly cemented as the starter, we will see them find new ways to utilize the dynamic skill set that he can bring. But um, I'm I'm not looking to supplant any. Um, you know, even kind of fringy quarterback one with with fields quite yet. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. But let's talk about another quarterback that's probably going to finish, if not the f- number one by the end of the season, at least number two, and that's Justin Herbert, who had an insane week. He had 398 passing yards for four patch and four passing touchdowns, while also running 29 yards and running in another touchdown. It's kind of like I'm getting tongue-tied trying to keep up with all the stats I have to spit out week in and week out with Justin Herbert. This is ridiculous. Like, this is such an insane volume. It is absolutely wild. Um, anyone that listens to uh, the sports byline uh, with with Lou Landers and myself, we've been talking about Justin Herbert week in and week out um, and how the first few weeks of the season were an example of negative regression and he was due for some positive regression. And here it is. I mean, these last three weeks, he has looked like an absolute world beater. He currently sits at, at QB4. I, I don't know if he's going to climb up to uh, you know the, 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 the peak of the mountain and, and finish at one with the guys that are sitting ahead of him. He's looking up at Mahomes, Brady, and Josh Allen. Um, but ultimately, he was being drafted as sort of like a 8 to 12 QB kind of range. So to get him potentially finishing inside of the top three or four is is an amazing return. And I, I think that uh, we're, we're going to see him continue to light it up week over week. 
Absolutely. And it just makes me excited to have any sort of stack with Justin Herbert in DFS week in and week out. I just love the return that you're going to get on those. Mike Williams is just looking fantastic. I just love how that whole offense is looking. So for me, it's just all gold stars. On the opposite end, a team that has no gold stars, nothing but red marks next to half of their team. Giants versus the Cowboys. Who didn't get hurt? in this game it felt like everyone was getting dinged up at one point it looked like zeke was down as well but i think he just had an awkward fall so it seems like he ended up being just fine pylon yeah that would hurt anyone i would probably holding my back too didn't mean to fall on that but yeah he ended up being okay unfortunately daniel jones has a concussion saquon's knee looked like it ate or ankle ate another ankle it swole up literally twice the size i'm sure everyone has seen the photos by now but then also uh, Kenny Galladay is out. He hyperextended his knee. Uh, Kadarius Tony does have a questionable mark next to his name, but he seems like he will be fine going ahead. And he seems like the big waiver wire ad with so many players hurt. But are you going to be adding him knowing that if Daniel Jones is out any amount of time, Mike Glennon's going to be throwing him the ball? You still be okay with that? Yeah, Mike, Mike Glennon and or Davis Mills. <laughs> to be determined. We'll do some sleuthing and report back here next week. Um, I mean, look, like there's nothing at all exciting about the prospect of Mike Lennon being the quarterback for any player that you're rostering in fantasy. But a, a lot of Tony's production came with Mike Lennon on the field, right? So I, I don't mm-hmm. think that, um, you know, it, it is the, a floor of zero um, once once Mike Lennon is is under center for, for this Giants team. So to your prior question, I'm absolutely going out to to pick up Kadarius Tony. I, I think it was really just a matter of when he was going to get his opportunity. And now that he has it, now that he has arrived at that opportunity, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to give it back. Right. So I think that he is very much so viable week in and week out. Uh, shout out my guy, Andrew Cooper, went out and picked him up a week early in the Pros with Joe's charity league. So now everyone is everyone is over there praising his uh his his savvy waiver wire moves. So um, Very nice. Definitely someone I'm going to be investing in uh, here when we run waivers in, in a day or so. I went and picked him up in a league as well and started him at flex because I just had so many people hurt, but I don't remember which league it was in. I need to find my receipts so I can post them because I did right. do that this week. I was very excited and I was like, hey, I didn't think I was going to get any points in that slot this week. That's awesome. <laughs> look at us. We made <laughs> look, it. Look, look at us. Nobody expected this. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Cardinals and the Niners. I feel like to me, this was a matchup that I was thinking, okay, depending on how Arizona does in this matchup with the Niners against this defense, it's really going to tell me what kind of team we've got here in terms of just their success rate. And they looked good. They were able to hold off the Niners and come out with the win. And it looks like Rondale Moore's just the undisputed wide receiver two behind Hopkins now. Certainly in this game, uh, he was he was the wide receiver too behind behind Hopkins. The the thing that's been most surprising for me about this Cardinals team is just how much of a leap their defense has made relative to last year, where they were a turnstile, but mm-hmm. also how effective they've been running the ball. Right, we see James Conner continue to score touchdowns week in and week out. Chase Edmonds was a little was a little nicked up heading into the game this week, but he was still involved in in the offense overall. Uh, obviously Kyler can can break one and it seems like they've sort of balanced or found this equilibrium in this Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense where they are first going to establish that they can gash you 
a number of different ways on the ground and then continue to run more four wide out sets than any other team in the league. And whomever gets the favorable matchup is the guy that's going to go off that week. Right. So um, I, you know, based on skill set, it should be Rondell more, more than anybody else, but sure. um, it seems like Kyler's done a really good job of identifying the weak spots in that defense and just continuing to exploit it. So that means that maybe in DFS, some of us will be very sad and some of us will be very happy. Should we start AJ Green that week? Or Christian? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rondell Moore is going to have his weeks too, right? Yeah. Figuring out the 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 leverage or the pivot option in, in Arizona is going to be a season-long plight. But at least you know that DeAndre Hopkins is still DeAndre Hopkins and he's still freaking good. Never change. Never Some change, DeAndre. Never change. Please just always stay you. Be you. Be and let's you. wrap it up with the Sunday night game. Bills versus the Chiefs. I called the Bills to win, and Tate and I both called the Bills to win this one. And we both felt awkward putting that out there and thinking, okay, Mahomes is going to hear us say the Bills are going to win, and he's just going to turn it on. And he could not finish this one out. It was kind of heartbreaking to watch this, like, immediate struggle in their offense of just, like, what what – what is happening? Our powers are gone. It was very awkward for them, but the bills looked fantastic. The player I want to talk about from this matchup though, is Dawson Knox. He looked fantastic. And just how much he's getting utilized in the passing game. Could he finish the season as a top three tight end? Absolutely. Right. I mean, he's, he's technically there now, right? He's sitting at, at number two in, in PPR scoring. I think the thing that was most promising for, for Knox is, he finished with three receptions for about 115 yards and a touchdown. But the touchdown itself was a down-the-field play, right? Like, mm -hmm. the season that has been for Dawson Knox has been one where the offense makes its way into the red zone, and that's where he gets those high-leverage opportunities. But it looks like they're finding more and more ways to get him involved in this offense. And given the the plethora of weapons that they have there, he's going to find some some one-on-one -on -one and favorable matchups every single week. So. I definitely think he can carry this forward. Absolutely. And he's had at least a touchdown in the last four weeks, two in week four, and he didn't have one in the first week against the Steelers, which is still mind-blowing to me that the Steelers were able to beat the Bills that week. I feel like they just weren't ready for the season yet, but I'll take it. Yeah. Like I'll take whatever wins that we can get. Take them where you can get them. It was a, it was a big defensive and special teams day for your, for your Steelers, if I recall. Absolutely. Any final notes on crazy plays of the weekend before we sign off? I, I think that really touches it, right? Like we've uh, we're now five weeks in. It's it's been an absolute roller coaster weekend and week out. Um, uh, the team over here at DrRoto.com is super pumped to be working right alongside you to get you some green screens, get you that championship here in the 2021 season. So week five is in the books. Moving on to week six. Moving on to week six. Love it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Look Back podcast. I am Sam Holt. You can find me on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt. This is Eric Romoff. You can follow him at Fantasy Nav. Is that on every form of the social or just Twitter? All the socials. All nice the socials. Go ahead and find him. Follow Eric. He's got amazing content for you over at Dr. Oda as well. Check out all the other content we have, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at DrRoto.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out DrRoto.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.